Welcome to episode 429 of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show. My name's Armitage and guess what? I'm going to play you music that you should hear on the radio, but don't! Children runs down on my cheeks Why my heart's getting hot to beat The throat's so dry and I got some shakes Again, morning, again, headache Again, morning, again
shock, horror, I've departed from the live gig shows and reintroduced an all-studio episode. Well, sort of. And what a great way to start the glitter ball rolling with those four T-shirt purveying brothers, the Ramones and We Want the Air Raves. That's right. That's right. Uh, because this week is an all-studio effort, doesn't mean my college coursework is all completed. Far from it. Uh, I've just buried my head in the sand. Right, on to new music, which, as I mentioned on last week's show, have been piling up. Uh, up first are the Sonics, who must hold the record for the longest time between album releases. They make Guns N' Roses the proverbial workaholics. With their latest album, This Is The Sonics, coming out a whopping 49 years since their last proper album, Boom. Uh, for those of you who are unaware of the Sonics, wow. But you certainly would have heard their music. The Dams covered The Witch. Uh, you heard a live version of Half Lav or Ill Travel by the Vibrators on last week's show, with Strychnine being covered by the likes of The Cramps, The Fuzz Times, Surf Trio, The Fall and The UK Subs. Board of the Sonics 2015. How does the new album shape up and rank not only to Boom and Here Are the Sonics, but to garage bands of today? Uh, well, I have to say... This is the Sonics is, although steeped in the sound of the 60s, a breath of fresh air. Obviously, recording techniques are light years away from what the band were used to. However, with Dirt Bomb bassist Jim Diamond at production helm, they have maintained their original sound in glorious mono. Uh, I bet this time around there is more than just one mic hanging over the drum kit. Uh, and they're playing and recording live. Uh, this is just how this kind of music should be recorded. Uh, the album is a mix of originals and covers. Uh, the covers in questions are Willie Dixon's You Can't Judge a Book by the Cover, Eddie Holland's Leaving Here, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters Look at Little Sister, and the Kinks, The Hard Way, songs we've all grown up listening to. The originals, although next to the aforementioned classic covers, stand up well on their own merits. Uh, it's hard to find favourite song, uh, but I'm going to plump for Save the Planet, with lyrics like... We have to save the planet, it's the only one with beer and a great guitar riff. It had me hooked from the get go. <laughs>
rock uberlord Brian James, founder of The Damned and Lords of the New Church, has just released his third solo album. His last, Chateau Brian, both physical and MP3s, I appear to have mislaid. Uh, it was more Delta Blues and punk rock frenzy. Uh, you can't say the guitar that drip blood is a return to form because Brian... Uh, has always been informed, no matter where his telecaster has taken him. The guitar that drip blood certainly can be filed alongside damn, 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 and music for pleasure in the terms of greatness. It's almost what you'd expect the third down album to have sounded like uh, if he hadn't broken up said band at the end of 1977. Obviously, Brian is no Vanian in the vocal department, coming across more like Radio Birdman's Rob Younger. Uh, Adam Beckhoff chips in vocal wise on the regulator and hail mary underlying why brian brought him into the lords of the new church uh, adam isn't the only guest on the album with former dead boy cheetah chrome adding some serious guitar to opening track becoming a nuisance and if i'm not mistaken former devil jukebox head honcho and all right international nice guy pilly drums on said track <laughs> Bye. 
Walking with a Damned Connection, Dead Men Walking, a band whose core members are Captain Sensible, Slim Jim Phantom, Mike Peters, and newest addition, Chris Cheney from The Living End, who takes over from Kurt Brandon, with guests Fred Armson and some guy called Duff McKagan, who obviously wants to boost his credibility, are all set to release their debut album of all new material on May the 7th. Uh, we all know that the band have already released one live album recorded at CBGB's when Glenn Matlock was playing bass instead of the captain and the studio album that featured respective covers from each of the band member. The first single uh, from Easy Piracy is Rock and Roll Kills, which uh, pretty much sounds to some of the parts. <laughs> with the damned if I'm honest documentary all set for release and the band can't seem to get it together in the studio it's been seven years since So Who's Paranoid came out uh, in the meantime Captain has found time to record the sensible Grey Cells album with former damned bassist Paul Grey and the aforementioned Dead Men Walking album so the creative juices can hardly have dried up 
Uh, a band that can't be accused of being slack are the crunch with their debut album busy making noise only coming out in october 2013 they are just about to release their second pledge album brand new band at the end of the month like demi walking the crunch all have other jobs uh, vocalist sulu can normally be found in a diamond dogs guitarist mick geddes piles his trade in the cockney rejects dave tragana is bassist in sham 69 terry chimes before he became a successful Cairo practitioner drummed with the likes of the clash hanoi rocks and black sabbath um probably the least known member to the uk is keyboardist Ed. Shorts. Uh, the debut album was completely written by Sulu. I'm not sure if Brand New Band follows suit. The first track to be lifted from the album is Neon Madonna, uh, which to begin with has a reggae feel about it before heading back into power pop territory. Although lyrically, the song is far from happy go lucky, as the music would have us believe. Neon
I stated at the start of the show that this was an all-live studio affair. Well, I did say sort of. Uh, the sort of refers to the Ruts DC. I've pledged for the book Live in Vain, written by Roland Link, which charts the story of the Ruts through the deaths of Malcolm Owen and Paul Fox, right up to the band's current incarnation of the Ruts DC. As part of the pledge, you're able to download a live album recorded throughout 2013, a track of which... I'm going to play you in a second. On last week's show, I mentioned about Henry Rowland's spoken word on the ruts. Once again, I implore you to watch all four parts to get a sense of how influential the ruts, and as a side, the damned, were to bands in Washington, D.C. <laughs>
got sent an MP3 from John Dist, whose solo album I highly recommend. Well, when you knew that already, as a while back, I played a track from said album, which, if you need reminding, is called Red Flag. Anyway, John mentioned that in a six degrees of separation, he's hooked up with former American Heartbreak and Jet Boy drummer Jeff Moscone, who asked if John would like to record a free song in his studio. Bob Marley's redemption song was picked, as John says on his webpage. I always thought the chord progression in the chorus sounded like the Ramones and I wanted to do something high energy I love the reference to assassinations especially the line while we stand aside and look so there you go with the first fruit from John Dist and the Discontents Oh pirates just say bye bye so I to the merchant ships minutes after they took I from the bottomless pit but my hand was made strong by the hand of the Almighty, we forwarded this generation triumphantly. Won't you help us sing songs of freedom? Cause all I ever have, redemption songs, redemption songs. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery, none but us. back to pledging jetback's third full-length album disguises and first for new label cherry red was released last monday that was the 6th of april future and non-walk radio listeners uh, unfortunately for me uh, the postie failed to deliver said cd a few days before said due date because parcel force lost a whole consignment and with seemingly the download option greyed out on their pledge page i was forced to read the high praise on their facebook 
page whilst quietly wailing and gnashing my teeth. Uh, I knew I should have gone to the listening party. Anyway, by Tuesday, the download was readily available. And you know what they say about good things who come to he who waits. Never was a statement so apt. Now, I knew things were afoot, as I've mentioned to you before, when I bumped into drummer Matt at the Islington Academy whilst the band were deep into the recording process. And he said that the band were adopting a slightly different sound from their previous albums as a single explode which I've already played, bears out. However, uh, I wasn't prepared for how much the overall sound is such a departure from Get Your Hands Dirty and Raining Rock. I guess it's a natural progression. We still have the huge sing-along chorus and mega riffs, but musically it's a lot more thrashy, with the first track, Slaves, making me think in places uh, of Crash Diet. However... It's not all guns blazing with a couple of lighters in the air songs to give it more than just one dimension. The album uh, has a very early 80s feel to it. I'm thinking Rage for All the Queens, right? Maybe I'm overthinking things. Anyway, the third albums are notorious for being either the one that catapults you up onto the next level or consigning you to the same treadmill you've been trying to get off for the last few years. As we all know, luck plays a big part in all of this so i've got my fingers well and truly crossed for jet black this is kicking the teeth Teeth. It's always no, it's just another kick in the teeth. 
It's funny to think that a few years ago, the Eureka machines were feeling unloved and thinking about knocking it on the head. Fortunately, after the Pledge album Remain in Hope exceeded all of their hopes, the band have once again, thanks to fan funding, released their fourth album, Brainwaves, which hit its target in just under an hour and a half. The new album features a lot less of the stop-start that was so synonymous with their previous record, still hints of it in the super-fast-paced human and first single, Welcome to My Shangri-La. Production this time round has made them sound a lot more smooth and more rounded with vocal harmonies to do or die for, pun intended. The band is out on tour throughout May, culminating with Camden Rocks on the 30th. The track from the album I am going to play you is this one, Sleep Deprivation. And if you didn't pledge for the album, you can find it at a record store. Pop in and buy it. Another night of feeling knocking out my brain Another day ahead of losing everything I sacrifice my sets And as a consequence Another night of this I think I go insane
the amount of albums that are fan funded these days, I seriously wonder if record sexualists get a good night's sleep. Sleep satisfaction, eh? Uh, it seems nearly all the ones I buy are on Pled Music. Yes, I have finally got around to holding Ginger Wildheart's songs and wordbook and Bernie Torme as yet untitled album. Uh, at least I know the money is going to the artist or band in question and they're getting paid for their art. Another Pledge album that has come my way was, uh, or is, New York Before the War from Jesse Malin, or he of D-Generation fame. Uh, amongst those joining Jesse in his first album for five years are Wayne Kramer and Peter Buck. The album switches from blistering bookers to more melancholy heartbreakers via Paul Simon meets the Ramones in the form of addicted. Jesse's description, not mine. Uh, but for the rockers, you know, they're the ones who do it for me. Especially Freeway that features the aforementioned Brother Wayne. <laughs> And we're crows with the lust for glory and a poison rose. 
three things recently that have come as great surprises to me are one, the departure of Simon Cruz from Crash Giant during their Japanese tour at the end of February. I suppose uh, if I followed him on Facebook, I might have had an inkling with I'm a monkey inside a cage in a zoo that has underpaid staff posted in November. Uh, no word from Crash Diet on his replacement, only that the band is continuing with their new album. Uh, after original vocalist Dave Leppard passed away, Johnny Gunn of Peep Show, now State of Panic, was linked to the vacant slot that was filled by Reckless Love's Ollie Herman. And I assume after Ollie's one album tenure, Johnny would be called upon, obviously not. Uh, it will be interesting to see who does get the job and what impact all this has on Crash Diet as a brand. Uh, got a rank as one of the most unluckiest bands going at the moment. Number two, Hornet throwing in a towel. All right, they might not be the band on everyone's lips as the next big thing, but I thought with their new harder sound and revitalised image, their potential was just emerging. In a statement, the band said that they'd started Hornet as friends and wished to end it on the same terms. Fair play to them. The third and biggest surprise was the shock departure of Matt Jones, vocalist of The Treatment. The band have already lined up his as yet unnamed replacement, but as they have gained so much ground since they started six years ago, supporting some Premier League bands, uh, I wonder, like Crash Diet, how this is going to affect them. Guitarists, bassists and drummers, easily replaced. Not so vocalists. So I guess I'd better play something by all three bands or it would make what I've just said pretty pointless or that I'm just a rambling fool.
Crash Diet with Cocaine Cowboys from the last studio album and last so it seems to feature Simon Cruz, The Savage Playground, which was swiftly followed by Hornet and their last single Cry Wolf with finally The Treatment and Running with the Dogs. A band that has survived a multiple of lineup changes over the years aren't the choir boys even vocalist spike can't remember how many drummers the band have had uh, the core members these days are obviously spike uh, guitarist guy griffin and paul gruen and keyboardist keith weir the band have just released a brand new album in the shape and form of saint cecilia and the gypsy souls which is a full disc affair included is the out of print half penny dancer it does amaze me uh, that in this digital age albums can become out of print physical yes mp3s no uh, coupled with it are two live discs uh, the sincelia and gypsy souls album is very stripped back affair i wouldn't say unplugged as the production makes the acoustic leaning sound very full and colorful plus you have obviously spikes whiskey soaked marlboro stained vocals to both smoothen and roughen up proceedings so for your listening enjoyment here's the choir boys with the promise <laughs>
Now, up until a few minutes ago, I was going to end this week's show with White Snake, as they are one of the few bands, along with Choir Boys, that both Mrs. A and I jointly enjoy. But as the Choir Boys were playing, I had a quick check of my emails, and amongst my spam, which is in French, I have no idea, uh, was an email from Trev of Beat the Drag, a band I'd not heard of. He asked if I'd take submissions and link me to the band's Bandcamp site, and if I enjoyed what I heard, he'd send me an MP3 for me to play. I replied that the opening riff had me hooked and that I couldn't wait for the high quality MP3 and was, as I was typing, ripping the audio. Don't try this at home, kids. To quote Trev, it's riffy rock as much influenced by the Backyard Babies as it is by Fu Manchu and Def Leppard. Some 80s-inspired solos as well. On their Facebook page, the other bands that they dig include The Helicopters, Fu Manchu, Monster Magnet, Supergrass, Captain Beyond, Three Colours Red, Backyard Babies, Kiss and The Foo Fighters. The band are from Hollywood and have an EP and a single to their name, namely Beat the Drag EP and Mistakes Were Made Single, which sounds a lot like this.
Back on track, as I was saying, White Snake are one of the few bands that both Mrs. H, John, enjoy. Both of us preferring the post 1987 output. Mind you, having said that, Forevermore and Good to Be Bad are, you know, sort of like quite good return to form. Anyway, at the end of next month, White Snake are releasing the Purple album, which is, as the name implies, the band are revisiting David's Coverdale's time with Deep Purple. Now, this all came about after the sad death of Purple and White Snake keyboardist John Lord with Coverdale and Richie Blackmore reconnecting for want of a better word with a view to reforming Deep Purple Mark III. Uh, things unfortunately didn't get past the talking and planning stage with both parties having different ideas on the subject. Not wanting to waste what he'd already embarked on Purple Mark III became White State 2015. A tour has been booked for the end of the year with the London date narrowly missing a potential gig clashing crisis as it's the day after Ginger's birthday bash even though it's not been confirmed that there's going to be one this year uh, let alone tickets on sale we did um and ah about going uh, as with last time we went Def Leppard are headlining or closing the show and uh, we didn't think that they were much cop all effect and no substance but as Mrs A pointed out you never know when David Coverdale will call it a day and we could always leave if dis- um, Def Leppard disappoint so until next week I'm going to leave you with White Snake and Burn take it easy <laughs>